You pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there something here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. When you were a kid, didn't anybody ever ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, yeah, all the time, and I wasn't sure. All I knew was I thought I'd get married and have kids. Yeah, and now that you're grown up, are you doing what you ever thought you would ever in a million years be doing? Not in a million years. Well, neither did Moses. Yeah, so today as we start into the Moses story, we find him all grown up today on on More Than Than Ink. Well, good morning. We're around our dining room table today, and across from me is the beautiful Dorothy. And across from me is the handsome Jim. Right answer. Good job. <laughs> good job. Good job. Yeah, we uh, we so enjoy just looking at these passages of Scripture, and we hope that that's why you're with us, too. It's just this exploring through Scripture uh, is not only fun, but it's extraordinarily insightful into the nature and heart of who God is. Well, it's good for us as yeah. we bat these things around together and we gain from each other's insights. Yeah. So, and, you know, if you're not in a, uh, some kind of circumstance where you can share study with someone else, I'd really encourage you to do that. It's, it's, uh, it's a great way to kind of work off each other's independent observations as you go along. And that's all we're doing here. We have not compared notes. I have no clue what you want to talk about. <laughs> and uh, I know what I want to talk about, but they're often sort of one in the same, but with slight variations, it makes it just And fun. sometimes when we get done with the recording, we go, oh, that's where we went. Oh, yeah. Didn't expect to go there. So <laughs> so if you're not in kind of a, a context to do that with someone, do that. It's do really, that. It's, it's, it's just a, growing up as a young Christian, that's where I found almost all my best encouragement was discussing the word with other people well and it doesn't have to be limited to a time that's designated bible study yeah because god yeah. said you know after he said now hear o israel the lord your god is one and and gave them this great shema this listen up yeah. he said now talk about it when you walk on the road and when you yeah, get up in the morning it should be and when part you lay of everything night, you talk it about. should just be part of a natural conversation between believers yeah yeah and and today we're jumping into exodus not jumping well, in. we've already started it we're, we're in, in chapter, chapter two, two. <laughs> But but it's uh, you know we said this last time so if you're with us for the first time Exodus is just a it's just a uh, a narrative story about a, a real thing that happened and uh, it centers on God getting the Israelites out of the captivity of Egypt and into the Promised Land I mean well, that's all it's about okay and a lot of people these days doubt that the Exodus ever happened yeah or that it happened yeah. the way the Bible records but. 4,000, 5,000 years of Jewish history, this story has been handed down, father to son, father to son, father to right, son. Right, right. Uh, it happened. Right. And, and and interestingly enough, probably the top of the Jewish calendar in terms of holidays is Passover. It's Passover. And Passover will figure chap- many chapters later in here. But to this very day, Jews gather around their table with their entire family and they tell this story. And there's no explanation for that. If right. that was something that was made up a few centuries ago, you would have known and it's would have been traceable amazing that for a people who are geographically dispersed that they would maintain this Mm -hmm. memory they would maintain this idea this whole story so for them this story is emblematic of so much about the care and the sovereignty of god well and this is the central story 
of the nation of Israel. Right. This is how they became right. a nation. Right. In fact, uh, later on in the narratives in the Old Testament, God will remind Israel when they're right. kind of when they're kind of feeling like I don't know if I want to trust God, and God says, "Hello, I'm the one that got you out of Egypt." I, I would almost say it shows up in every book in the Old Testament. Yeah. I'm the God who brought you out of Egypt. Yeah. So Listen this is up. this is a big deal. This just isn't a nice story. This is the backbone of the Bible in many respects. So we, we uh, last time we went through chapter one and uh, a little ways into chapter two, and we got to the birth of Moses, which is miraculous, by the way, <laughs> go back and take a look at it. And, and now we skip between verse 10 and verse 11 of chapter two, we span 40 years. Essentially Moses's whole growing, growing up lifetime, right. the first third of his life. Right, when we left him back in verse 10, he was a child, no question. Now we start off in verse 11, one day when Moses had grown, grown up. up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, when you read Stephen's account, when Stephen, before he is stoned in, in Acts, Acts 7, yeah, mm-hmm. he says that Moses is 40 at this point. So, I mean, we just we just lost decades in Moses' narrative coming into verse 11, and that's where we are today. But we know that his toddlerhood, his very, very early childhood, was in his own mother's home. Right. Being loved, educated, right. and nurtured As a very young by child. his mother. Yeah, very young child. And then he was delivered into the palace of Pharaoh, where he was raised to adulthood. So, right. you know, by that Pharaoh's sets daughter. up a sort of an internal conflict to start with. Who yeah. am I? So here's this kid that comes out of the Jewish community. He's raised by his mom as a very young child, and then he's taken by the daughter of Pharaoh, and he's raised as an Egyptian in the court of Mm -hmm. Pharaoh, which gives you status and education and training. I mean, he he is by training an Egyptian, but he's still always knew who he was. Still Hebrew, and so that's where we pick up the story today. He's all grown up. So here Here we we go. go. Chapter two, (laughs) verse eleven. Moses had grown up. Okay. So one day when Moses had grown up, there it is, he went out to his people and looked on their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of Mm. his people. And he looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together, and he said to the man in the wrong, Why do you strike your companion? And he answered, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid, and he thought, Surely the thing is known. Mm. Well, when Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Wow. Oh, my goodness. We need to camp here for a minute. I had such great hope for him, (laughs) and now he's not even in Egypt anymore by verse 16. It only took five verses for him to be not in Egypt anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so he went out to his people. You see how he, how his that's phrased? people. Yeah, he sees himself in an official role in a sense as a deliverer, as someone who's important as a leader. You know, maybe that's part of the reason that he was raised in the palace. He could yes. be a peacekeeper. Yes. Right. He, oh, look, we have a representative of you whom we are holding down as our slaves, but we yeah. have one of you in the palace. Yeah, yeah. So that, that could have been. But he at least he was self-aware that he had some right. kind of leadership position in the Hebrews. So one day he went out and he looked on their burdens. He, he did a tour. He did a tour around right. to see what was going on. And they were still enslaved. That's the burdens part. He looked on their burdens. And in the process of that, he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. So he decides, well, I'm a leader. I'll intercede. Well, he has an innate sense of justice. Yeah. 
So this is unjust, and it's possible that he had not witnessed it in this way before. Yeah, yeah. So what do you make of that thing in verse 12 where it says he looked this way and that? Well, he knows what he's about to do is wrong. Yeah, he's he's crossing a line here. That's what he knows. He doesn't want to be seen doing this. He looked this way and that. We do this in movies all the time. When the character on screen looks this way and that, you know, oh, something bad's well, going to happen. Well, never mind the movies. We do this personally. Yeah, if you're about do. to do something you think might be questionable, don't you look around and make sure nobody's watching? Make sure no one's watching. <laughs> don't let anyone see what you're going to do. I mean, it probably isn't murder, right. but maybe it's, uh, it's just something you think might be misinterpreted that's right so you're careful about who can see it but in this case it is murder because with all it says in verse 12 he struck down the egyptian that means he killed him i mean he killed him and it's clear that he was observed yeah yeah he was observed. the next day when he goes and tries to apply justice in a different way to his own people they're like wow who do you think you are who made you ruler over (laughs) us isn't that a funny question Sometimes I wonder if he just did a bad job hiding the body because <laughs> says he buried him in the sand. Says he buried him in the sand, you know. And if you know anything about the sand in Egypt, it blows around. You know, maybe he buried him in the sand and it all got blown. It was exposed by morning. I don't know. We don't know what went wrong, but clearly, or whether it was just God revealed. Exactly. You know, this guy knew. Clearly, Moses had done it. his attempts to kind of make the secret just are not going to hold water for not even a verse. You know? yeah. So yeah. and Moses's conscience is guilty. Oh, yeah. he yeah. he suddenly he feels like he's been exposed. You're Right. Everybody knows. And right. then, of course, everybody does know because they start talking about right. it. Right. Well, you know, clearly in 13, it says he goes out the next day. Right. So he thought he'd gotten away with it and covered his tracks. Everything's cool. I'll go out tomorrow and I'll uh, I'll be a leader again like I was yesterday. But isn't yeah. it interesting that in the first instance, he thinks he's, he's bringing justice on behalf of his people, mm-hmm. but his people don't understand it. They don't recognize they him. They don't recognize as a leader. him as theirs. Yeah. Yeah. That's an important thing here. In fact, it could very well be if we use a little you know godly speculation they might have resented the fact that he actually lived in the palace as a hebrew as uh, opposed to being a slave and so so they probably would have written him off as being a hebrew technically speaking because yeah he's a sellout he's Mm -hmm. you know he works in the palace he's he's not one of us anymore so he's not our leader he might be from the palace but he's not our leader anymore so clearly they look at him as being sort of out of place especially as a deliverer especially as someone who's going to bring justice and in bringing justice in his first attempt he killed a guy illegally right right <laughs> so this isn't so, going to work you out know, well as i was reading this kind of freshening it in my mind in preparation to talk about it today uh just as i read just these first couple of paragraphs i suddenly thought oh moses goes out to his people mm-hmm. and they reject his authority they reject him and you know that sounds to me like just a little prefiguring echo of john 111 when john says yeah. he came to his own yeah. but his own did not receive him so you know we are going to be pointing out as the lord brings them to mind these teeny little prefiguring yeah. types you go hey that reminds that me that remind of... us of jesus now yeah. this is not an exact parallel but there's an echo here yeah of that idea yeah that's exactly right we did some parallels with jesus last time but mm-hmm. they'll keep propping up oh they're they'll gonna say, come up big time wait a second mm-hmm. yeah yeah so he came to his own but they didn't receive him they didn't receive him. of course this first you know this first foray into being just was right. not well done that might be part of his problems well we but. know later on that they will at first receive him as a leader and then through 40 years in the wilderness continue to reject him this as is a leader. not the first time he will be rejected <laughs> that becomes the life story of moses but, but that's so, all way in the so future maybe this, this is part of his conditioning from from god's part we don't know you know you are a leader and i've chosen you but don't get used to the fact so, they're going to follow but you but this is kind of the capstone on the first third of moses's life and yeah. we we know that 
Moses lived to 120. So this is the yeah. first 40 years. First 40 years. Kind of, he hits this turning point here. Uh-oh. Yep. Messed that up. Yep. yep. We're moving a different direction. And suddenly yep. he's out of Egypt. He's out of Egypt. He's out of Egypt. He and runs this, away. And this Hebrew guy says, so what are you going to do? You're gonna, we're arguing and you're going to intercede with your justice. You're going to kill one of us? Is that what you're going to do? Yeah. Uh, we don't want that kind of justice. And they shouldn't expect that kind of justice. That's not right. right. That's not right. So then, so he gets to the key of it in 14 and says, so who made you the prince? Who made you the judge? Well, God actually oh, did. Later, later on. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. This is all the prep school for that. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, But it, it really freaked Moses out. He mm-hmm. was afraid at this point. Mm-hmm. And, and I get it because, you know. If if this gets back to Pharaoh, man, he's toast. Well, it says Pharaoh. It says when Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill him. That's exactly right. right. So Pharaoh's so, like, "This was a bad idea from the get go. Yeah. We're done here." So so it was it was a good thing to run off to Midian. It's a big deal. Okay, so let's talk about Midian for a minute before we get there, because the Midianites were people who were related to the Hebrews. They were through uh, Moses's wife Keturah, right? And Offspring her from child, Abraham. Midian. Yeah. So they were blood relatives back at Abraham's day, right? Right. And had had not continued as identifying themselves necessarily as the people of Abraham, but they seem to have retained an understanding of Abraham's God. Yeah, yeah. It, it, this, the speculation is they're connected, they're connected by blood and spiritually to Abraham, and it's, it's, right. it's, that's a good case. You can make a good case for that. So in a second, we're going to talk about him meeting this guy, a priest of Midian. We're not talking about a pagan priest. We could right. be talking about actually uh, someone who follows Jehovah. Because we find later in the story that that Moses' father-in-law actually counsels him yeah. as to yeah. how to lead these people that God has entrusted to you. Yeah. That's a few chapters on from here. Where is Midian? Oh, Midian, uh, Midian is actually your only option if you're Moses. If you're going to run away... You you run you run to the east by and large, but you don't want to run to the northeast. That's where the that's where the that's Hittites where, are. Right. That's where the bad. I mean, from Syria down through Palestine. So you still have to go east, but you have to go kind of east southeast, and so go as far that direction you can go, and you hit Midian. You hit the, actually the the top Gulf uh, from the Red Sea, the Gulf of Aqaba today. So friends, get out a map. Yeah. Get out a map and look at it. Check it this out. will be very helpful to you. You realize that the route Moses took. Is straight across the Sinai Peninsula. Oh, hmm. he, yeah, he's going to do the Sinai. <laughs> he heads straight yeah. into the wilderness, out, and he goes, runs as far as he yeah. can until he comes to a well, which is clear on the other side yeah, of yeah. the wilderness. So he's going about as far as he can go and still live. <laughs> and if you go past Midian, there's not much place to live out there. There's not much water. So I mean, he he went basically as far away as he could go. This is what he did. So uh, so that's where he goes. He goes off to Midian. And there's really not much to do in Midian, but he does find a job. So, so it says in the end of 15, he fled from Pharaoh. That's really he wasn't going to Mo, to Midian. He was going away. He was running from, from Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> right? And uh, and I, I love how it caps it off. And so he sat down at a well. <laughs> Which, sure. by the way, if you know any of your Bible history, a lot of action happens at wells, uh, especially if you go back and look in Genesis. You know, a lot a lot of wives are found at wells back <laughs> well, in Genesis. Because the women would draw the water. Because the women would draw yeah. the water, yeah. So now he finds himself sitting at a well, and now our scene moves to Midian, where, where Moses is clearly dressed like an Egyptian. Right. So he's recognizable as an Egyptian, as a stranger. And now he's sitting at this well. I'll pick up the story okay. at 16. So so now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. Hey, look, there's daughters. Well, there's a priest. There's daughters. <laughs> what more do we need? So there's a priest in Midian, had seven daughters, and they came and drew water and filled the troughs to water their father's flock. 
Now the shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and saved them huh. and watered their flock. Huh. Huh, how about that? What a nice guy. <laughs> hey, Daddy, we met this guy at the well. And he drew water And he for scared us. off those nasty shepherds who were pushing us right. away. The but one he, named Drawn Out yeah. draws water. But but it's interesting to note, it, it, it took seven daughters to water the flock. And now here Moses is doing it single-handed. Mm-hmm. So he's, you know, for a guy who's been raised as a prince in the most powerful country in the world, he's doing some pretty menial mm-hmm. labor here all of a sudden. But he's wa- he's watering their flock. And he's doing it on behalf of these girls who were being bullied right. by the local shepherds. Right, right. So it's interesting because here's God has God has made Moses his deliverer and he's delivering someone he's, out here in Midian. <laughs> Can't get away from that job. <laughs> I mean, it's a great thing. It's a great thing. And of course, this is, this. you know, when the word gets back to their father, this plays really well. So if you pick it up in 18, so when they came home to their father, rule, I don't know how you say that. Yeah. He says, well, how is it that you've come home so, so soon today? See, Moses was with them they just came back and they said well an egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and he even drew, drew water, water for us again and watered the flock <laughs> oh you could say watered your flock dad because it's his flock so he said to his daughters well where is he where is he i mean why have you left the man there? <laughs> That's right. Go get him. <laughs> Call him, then he may eat bread. So this is this is the wonderful Middle Eastern hospitality saying, this guy did something great for us. Why didn't you bring him That's home right. to meet Dad? Well, what are you thinking? Yeah, this guy sounds like a really good catch. So so go back and find the guy. Well, they do. Uh, why have you left him? Call him, that he may eat bread with him. It's a hospitality thing. We want to see this guy who's been so kind to my family. We want to say thank you. Yeah. And Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses his daughter Zipporah. Whoa! Okay, uh, so there's story some moved time. Really fast there. there's some time that took place here. Right? It wasn't, it wasn't that just, afternoon. Here's how my daughter even thanks for watering my sheep at the well. It wasn't that. But let's suffice it to say, the meeting with Dad went very well. And uh, and and you know, it's, it, it, this this man and his daughters is the only people that Moses knows out here. So he makes a really good connection with them because he started by serving them by, mm-hmm. and delivering right, them from right. the shepherds. Started from that. And so, yeah. So when you get when you get into uh, the verse we just read, it turns out I don't know how long time has transpired, but it's not just yeah, a we day really or don't two. Know. It's quite some time because it says that, that Moses was content to dwell, dwell with the man. So he actually said, "I'm going to stay I'm here." I'm going to stay here. And the man probably offered, you know, "Want you stay with us if you don't know anybody?" And then eventually, uh, you know, the the beautiful Zipporah catches his eye, and uh, and Rule, or however you say his name, allows her to be married to an Egyptian. Which is an interesting thing, but he's not an Egyptian. Well, by this time, they've probably discovered that he, probably is, figured he is by it out. birth a descendant of Abraham. Yeah. So they have some common, yeah, some yeah. common background. Right. And you know, again, fast forward from between fast verses forward. twenty-one and twenty-two, and she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Gershom. And here's mm. the meaning, mm. for he said, I've been a sojourner in a foreign land. Yeah. So this son's name commemorates the fact that I've been a stranger here. I'm a stranger and here. And God's given me a son, right? Yeah. That's essentially given me a heritage. Yep. A here. great blessing out here in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Well, I was just running away as far as I could from now, Pharaoh. Now, we're going to find out later in the book that Moses actually has another son with a yes. different name. And we'll get to that in a couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, that's right. It's an interesting but, thing. Uh, yeah. It's very interesting. But here, the, at this point in Moses' life, he's saying, I'm coming to terms with the fact that I'm, I'm a stranger here, a sojourner here, and God's given me a heritage. Yeah, and the fact that he's setting up home here yeah. kind of signals to me that he's not intending to go he back. He doesn't intend to go back. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's married a woman. He's starting a household. You know, it looks like uh, he's saying, this is pretty good. I'll right. stay here. 
I'll right. stay. I've got a family here, and uh, everything's just fine out here. Just right. fine. That that was then. This is now. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and we realize that what he ends up doing is shepherding uh, his father-in-law's flock, and so you know, it's like I'm happy out here, and I don't have all the stress of being in Egypt and all that kind of stuff. And sure, my people may be under the thumb of Pharaoh over there, and they're captured but you know what can i do i tried to save them and they just kind of said forget it who are you who made you judge but you know we've noticed and it's 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 kind of uh woven into the text here that moses has an inherent sense of justice yes yes and yes. he is inherently in some way a servant yeah yeah he draws water he's willing to draw water women and cares for their sheep right and even in perilous life with shepherds plural yeah. Right. These are right. Hey, let's get to these last verses yeah, in so the chapter because these are just this, incredible. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Back moment, at the ranch. Right? Yeah, <laughs> That's kind of how it picks up and kind of back up, reframe it. Yeah. Verse twenty-three. Yeah, what, During yeah. those days, in the meantime. In the meantime. Uh, many days, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned, groaned because of their slavery, and they cried out for help. So things got worse got after worse. Moses left. Yeah. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. God knew. Yeah. Even though Moses doesn't know how it's going down, God knows. God, God has saw. not forgotten. God has not forgotten. Now, but that's you, an important part, uh, an important turning place in the story. Oh yeah, again. it's huge. It's huge. And even though, even though Moses is determined to get himself out of the circumstance right. in Egypt, and we know that's going to change pretty soon, God has not lost His focus on His people in Egypt. Uh, even if Moses has lost his focus on his own people. And these are these are four very important statements, right, lined up in a yeah, row let's, here. Yeah, let's list them, because they're, they're really pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, God heard. God heard their cry. God remembered his covenant. Does mm -hmm. that mean he had forgotten it? No. Right. It means he recalled it to mind and said, now's the time. He kept it forward in he his thinking. He brought it forward and commemorated yeah. it. Yeah, his promises. Uh, God saw the uh -huh. people of right. Israel. He saw their affliction. And God knew. Yeah. He knew them. And that word know shows up in a bunch of different ways in the Old mm -hmm. Testament. But that's mm -hmm. the word that the early Hebrews used for that intimate relational knowledge. Yeah. God, yeah. Knew, God knew his people. It's kind of an, it kind of, uh, it's an experiential knowledge. Right. Like, I'm, I'm in your midst and I know what you're going through. Right. Yeah. So God hasn't forgotten at all. However, you would think, if you didn't know where the story's going, you would think, yeah, well, it's too bad because your hand-picked guy right. <laughs> is off in the... In the you know, on the other side of the of the Gulf of Aqaba, and he's tending sheep for his father-in-law, and he's fat, dumb, and happy, and he's he's gone. You're going to have to come up with a new deliverer. So, God, you're kind of stuck. Your plan, it doesn't matter how much you understand the suffering there and how much you love your people. I'm sorry. The guy you picked was a bad pick. <laughs> I mean, that's what you'd think if you're reading this story. Well, that's going to come clearly into highlight in the next chapter or right. so, because Moses himself presents some excuses. And, and in good storytelling, you like to point out these tensions. This is right. a tension right here. So now God hears and he's moved. He's deeply moved. Always has been about the plight of his people. But this guy, this guy would rather tend sheep than deliver his people back in Egypt. However, you could speculate and say, well, you know, the years he spent in Midian, which, by the way, isn't it 40 years he's in Midian, I think? I can't uh, remember yeah, now. roughly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you would tend to think at this point, it's too bad about this detour in Midian. Maybe it's not a detour. Maybe this is a necessary part of Moses' training, training. before he mm -hmm. can come back. And in fact, you know, we, I, I mentioned before speculatively that they didn't recognize his leadership because he might have 
uh, he might have just been seen as a sellout to, right. to Pharaoh and stuff like that. Right. Maybe, maybe uh, this is a phrase I heard from someone a long time ago. Maybe God needs to take Moses, and whereas in the court of Pharaoh he learned how to be a somebody, yeah. In Midian, God had to teach him how to be a nobody, nobody. and huh. then and that humility is what had to come back in order to equip him to be a good leader. It right. has nothing to do with his training in the court of Pharaoh. It has everything to do with training his heart in humility and service. And in the meantime, while God is training Moses out there rattling around in the wilderness of Midian, in the meantime, the political system uh, tra- changes. Changing. There's a regime yeah. change in Egypt. That king died. The slavery increases. The burden on the people increases. God does not seem to be in a hurry here to let the story fully develop. Right. And uh, God's timing is perfect. Yeah. And you know, we have to remind ourselves of all of that all the time. Many times if you despair and say, well, I've had about as much as I can take. Nothing's changing. Right. You got to realize that God's timing, he's got this down. God's doing he, something. He doesn't flinch and, and act too soon or too he's late. He's doing something bigger and other than you may be able to see. Yeah. I find myself yeah. kind of going back to that a lot. God's doing something bigger and other than just what concerns right. me. Right. Uh, but, you know, if you've been paying attention since last week, a question is raised in your mind, well, now, wait a minute. Moses had a brother and a sister who were both older, and they've been in Egypt enduring all this stuff yeah. all this time. Yeah. Did they know where he was? Did they know what he was doing? It makes you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, we're going to find out as the story goes on that, that they actually sort of did know where yeah. he was. Yeah. So, um so, yeah, yeah. So there's more than meets That's the eye That's just a here. teaser. So you read ahead, <laughs> listeners, and see if you can figure that out. Yeah, and in fact, as we come back next time and we turn we turn into the chapter where God acts. Oh. Now here he sees, he hears. You'll find you'll find in the next chapter, beginning of the next chapter, he'll repeat these things that he does here that God hears right. and he remembers and he sees and he knows. He'll say that again when he comes right. into chapter three as kind of a reiterating the story. This is now why God is going to act because God saw God and God knew. And initiates because the time is right. God never forgot, and now God takes action. So in the next chapter, he's going to act, and uh, Moses is going to be pretty darn surprised. But meantime, camp on that. God heard, God remembered, God saw, and God knew. Right. And when you're in the midst of Pharaoh-like oppression in your life, does God see? He does. Is God God, uh, not taking action because he just, you know, is capricious? No. His timing is perfect. Right, he didn't forget. forget. He didn't forget. So this we'll see this thing come up all through the Bible. So we're glad you're with us. Come back with us next time. We'll pick it up in Chapter 3. I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And join us on More, More Than, Than Ink. Ink. More Than Ink is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City and is solely responsible for its content. To contact us with your questions or comments, just go to our website, morethaninc.org. Okay, Okay. I'll start. This may take a few takes. (laughs) 